I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. About to head into Bloke in a Bar Studios to record our round two review today. Plenty of content coming off the back of that over the next 24 hours, 48 hours or so. But I thought I'd just give you a quick rapid review like I did last week of round two. I know that that one got a heap of listens and people really enjoyed that one. So for me, this is how I sort of saw the round. I've got my team of the week, which I'll announce on Bloke in a Bar uh, this afternoon. So stay tuned for that. But as far as my team of the week go, a couple of guys, who were featured in both round one and round two. Dan Gagai, he has been sensational. And I think the signing of Gagai, you can see he's having as much of a positive impact on the Newcastle Knights as he's having on a negative impact of not being at the South Sydney Rabbitohs, which is the ultimate compliment to Dan Gagai. He's made it two weeks in a row, a sensational effort. Uh, Another guy that's made it two weeks in a row, I think Tyson Frizzell, he's featured on my side two times in a row. He's been fantastic to kick off the season. A couple of Newcastle guys that have featured twice. Isaiah Yo, he has been fantastic for Penrith. I wouldn't be surprised if he's the 13 for the first 10 weeks in a row. He is just playing tough footy. Without Nathan Cleary, they're, they're lacking a little bit of structure, and he is really filling that void. So I absolutely love what Isaiah Yo is doing. Another guy, Jake Clifford. He's been in my side two times uh, in a row. He's been on my bench. I'm, you know, I'm going to make a statement on Bloke in a Bar, which, you know, is going to be a heap of humble pie for me today, but I'm sorry, Jake Clifford is a top 10 player in rugby league right now. Based on the first two weeks, he has been unbelievable. He is the, if not the form, he is one of the two or three form ball players in rugby league. If you you said to me, Jake Clifford is the form ball player in rugby league. I wouldn't be able to push back on you. He has been sensational to start season 2022. So congratulations, Jake Clifford. Absolutely killing it. A couple of real all-star names there. Guys that have all played, you know, international footy in Gagai, Frizzell, Isaiah Yarrow, all these guys that have gone back-to-back in my side. And then little Jakey Clifford, unbelievable. What, so, so, so good to see this kid carving it up. So good to see what he's doing for the Newcastle Knights and the impact it's having on the Newcastle Knights. It's great to 
to see. The first game of the week, the Melbourne Storm, South Sydney Rabbitohs, 15 to 14 Melbourne's way. South Sydney weren't really in this contest for the first 65 minutes, which was really disappointing. Showed a heap of grit, managed to hang in there. The left side looked like it was in shambles. They were always just one pass or a yard away from making it work. I've said it from the start, I'm not overly convinced on Jackson Paulo at left centre. They moved Tane Milne there in the second half, and all of a sudden, they came to life. They still left a couple of points out there, don't get me wrong, but good God, they look better. They got themselves back into this game. Saw Latrell Mitchell land that whopping uh, 48-metre field goal, I think it was. Just Latrell, he is just freakish player, Latrell, and he's the sort of guy now that you turn to in those big moments. You know, kicking a 48-meter field goal, 42, whatever the hell it was, wasn't really something I would have thought Latrell Mitchell had in his game. We know that he can do it, but he's more uh, he's not the sort of guy I would have relied on for that moment. You know, that's something that I thought they would have really lacked without, a, without obviously, an Adam Reynolds. But Latrell, he just keeps on delivering. That's his first game back. You know, I have everyone mentioning me say he looks fat, he looks this, he looks that, all this sort of bullshit. Just let the kid play. God, he is such a freakish talent. Just enjoy what he does what he does and just remind yourself that he's twenty four years old. He's got another ten years left in this game. He's won two premierships. He's doing the shit he's doing. He's moved positions. He's absolutely nailing it. I mean, just appreciate what this guy does. I absolutely love watching his pl- watching him play. My boy, Lockie Ellis, I think he's under a little bit of pressure here. Just quietly hasn't been overly impressive the first two weeks. Has come up with a couple of fundamental errors that have been costly for the Bunny. So a big test for him this week going up against the Chooks, who seem to have found some form. Also got Blake Taff, who's going to be available over the next two weeks or so. So Ilias, under a little bit of pressure. I'm looking forward to seeing how he responds. For me, the Melbourne Storm, Harry Grant, unbelievable. 12 runs, 145 metres, one line break, two tackle breaks. 42 tackles, a force dropout. For me, I think he will be the next Australian hooker. I think he will be the Australian hooker next time we name a side. I think he will jump in front of Damian Cook. I understand Cook has got the runs on the boards as far as origin and everything goes, but Grant is just different. I, I, I think there's a really fair argument at the age that Harry Grant is at right now he is better than what Cameron Smith was when he was at the same age, which is crazy to think about. I'm not saying he's going to be better than Cameron Smith. I don't think it's possible for him to be better than Cameron Smith because I think Smith is the GOAT, the best player we've ever seen. But if you just take age for age and where they're at, and a lot of that credit has to go to Cameron Smith because he had Harry Grant underneath him and taught him a lot of things. But Grant is in, he is in for one hell of a career. And you started to see the other night what I've been talking about for a long time. He is he's a different footballer. He is something else. Josh King, 67 minutes, 100 metres, 51 tackles. Sensational effort. I thought Campbell Graham, some of his reads were fantastic for South Sydney. I thought he saved their ass on a number of occasions in the first half. Came up with a couple of errors at the back end, which was disappointing. But uh, nine tackle breaks, a line break. He ran for 170 metres. Cam Murray started off the bench. We spoke in the preview that this is sort of what what I would have done, but I would have started Jaira off the bench, not Cam Murray. Uh, and look, I wouldn't say it worked, but they did hang in the contest, to be fair. Went to extra time. Cam Murray, though, coming back from his shoulder, Rico. 47 tackles, 100-plus metres in 72 minutes. Very impressive performance there from Muzz. Uh, I look at Nelson Asafa Solomona, and he started the game incredibly well. A couple of steals and whatnot. He needs to get those two or three errors out of his game, though. He is now one of the more important parts of this Melbourne Storm system. For me, their success kind of relies on the impact he's able to have 
and the offloads he's able to get away compared to the errors that he makes. He really needs to sort that out. And that's probably not fair on Nass, but it's the reality of the situation Melbourne are in. He's going to be a key part of this side moving forward, and they need him to cut those little errors out. Uh, the second game of the week, the Penrith Panthers, 20 points to 16. I was just having a look through some numbers earlier today. So the Panthers conceded 16 points in this game. Uh, 16 points is the most they've conceded since round 20 last year, which was an origin-affected game. Uh, From their last 53 games, they've only conceded more than 16 points in like six or seven games, which is incredible. It's three converted tries. In 53 games of football, when we just came off a season where everyone said it's bullshit, it's too easy to score in rugby league, this team has conceded more than 16 points on six or seven occasions. Three or four of them was during origin round. So their, their defense is just incredible, the Penrith Panthers. So credit to the Dragons for getting to 16, a pretty in, in, impressive knock. Kikau scoring two tries in his 100th game with his brother sitting in the stands watching Sensational to see. Great scenes. Uh, Benny Hunt running the ball. He went for 150 metres, kicked to 40-20. I love everything about Ben Hunt at the moment. He's playing some great rugby league. Very keen to watch the Dragons moving forward. They're, they're, they're going to be a side that you don't want to play. I thought they're, they're starting front rowers, Laurie and Molo, they were very good. They've just got to find a way to bring these centers into the game a little bit. Lomax, he's a guy that tends to come looking for the ball, but Moses Sully's happy to sort of sit out there and wait for the ball to come to him. And I think Sully's going to be that guy, realistically. So you need to work out ways to get him into the game because he's just too destructive to leave him out there uh, getting a cold. Standouts for me in this one, Isaiah Yo, as I mentioned before in the team of the week, absolutely love what he does. 80 minutes, 150 metres, 50 post contact, four tackle breaks, one offload, and 43 tackles. That is an absolute innings for Isaiah Yo. Isaac Tago, my boy, had a try disallowed in this game, but you need to keep an eye on him. 180 metres, 55 post contact, 23 tackles, six tackle breaks, one line break. Spoke to Denon on the on the weekend via text, and we'll talk about it on the show today, and we were sort of saying that, fuck, this kid's a real smoky to put his hand up for Dally M center of the year. If this is how consistent he is, and once the Panthers start to really click into gear, once Cleary gets back, he's going to score a heap of tries down that left edge. So one to keep an eye on. But this is why I've been so high on him for Supercoach as well. I think he scored 55 or something. Take out his line break. Goes down to like 45 without a try. He's an absolute freak. Tago is in for a huge season. Uh, the Roosters, 26 over the Manly Seagulls, 12. Hutcho started at 9. Will this continue? Interesting one to watch there. Sammy Verrills will return over the next few weeks. Was it a play that Robbo saw something in Manly and just sort of, sort of decided how he wanted to change his game a little bit? We'll see how it goes. Hutcho was fantastic. So was Connor Watson when he came on, though. Billy Smith, uh, I absolutely love the kid. I think he's under a little bit of pressure, though, realistically. Kevin Aguama's been the 18th man the last few weeks. You've also got... Uh, Joseph Sawali returning soon. Billy Smith. Um, the stats don't probably indicate the couple of struggles that he had. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him over the next few weeks. I actually, as much as I love Billy Smith, I wouldn't mind seeing him get a few weeks in reserve grade to really sort himself out. He's had a lot of injuries and whatnot. And I, I, I think he's destined to be a first grade star. But it does look to me like he is struggling a little bit, which is understandable because he has missed so much rugby league over the last few years. Uh, what have we got? The Roosters' spine. I mean, last week they looked like they were strangers. This week it looked like they've been playing together 
for six months. A week can be a long time in rugby league, and the Roosters, they really made it work. Satili Tupanua was great. He then went off with a HIA or got injured or something, and then Nat Butcher came on, and he continued that. Nat Butcher scored a try through the middle and then won on the edge there. So those two were sensational. For me, the Manly Seagulls, they look very pedestrian. They look like a team to me that is just waiting for them to click back into 2021. And that's a dangerous thing, especially with the way the game has changed. They don't look like a side that is happy to get into the arm wrestle uh, at the moment. And hopefully over the next few weeks when they play Canterbury, and I think they've got a, a few other teams that, look, respectfully, you looked at the ladder last year and you thought Canterbury was going to be an easy matchup. Canterbury's defense is going pretty good, to be honest with you. So I, I think they could be real smokies to knock over Manly next week because Manly at the moment... They look disinterested in really getting into the trenches with you. I think they, they were more than happy to wait around until 2021 Rugby League came around. So champion team with champion players. But at the moment, uh, I'm a little bit worried about the Manly Seagulls. It's going to be a big few weeks for them. Standout performance. I thought Takiaho was great for the Chook. 63 minutes, 238 metres, 92 post-contact with 30 tackles. Was pretty disappointing in round one. Bounced back with a sensational game. Satili Tupanua, he only played 46 minutes. Two line breaks, one try, four tackle breaks, 120 metres. Great knock there. And for the Manly Seagulls, I thought their best player by a country mile was Olakuatu. He played the full 80 minutes. He ran for 134 metres, which isn't sensational, but compared to his team, he was like a marathon runner. 10 tackle breaks, one offload, and 33 tackles there. There are some some defensive issues between him and DCE, which Manly need to get sorted out very quickly, but they have always been there. They just scored enough points last year not to really worry about it. Uh, but yeah, I thought Olukowatu was the best for the Manly Seagulls. Super Saturday. Now, these games I didn't get to watch live. I was out at a wedding, so I watched them all on Sunday, caught up on them. Uh, great game from AJ Brimson for the Gold Coast Titans. Hit the ground running early, set up a very good early try for Bo Fermore, who was fantastic. He's got to be one of the most improved players in this competition. There was then a try that he uh, passed that he threw later, which is one of the best balls of the season. I, th- I think you'll see a great just bullet ball right to left. Sensational. Uh, both of these spines, they're starting to come together. Obviously... Both these teams were meant to play each other in a trial at the back end of the preseason. That game got cancelled because of rain. So it meant that the Warriors came into last week with a spine that hadn't really played together before. SJ, Nikarima, Chanel, Harris, Tavita. This week, it gets completely flipped on its head. SJ's gone. Nikarima's gone. You've got Ash Taylor. You've got Reese Walsh back in. So for the first time, a lot of these guys playing together, they looked really good. The New Zealand Warriors, they are coming together there. Uh, for the Gold Coast Titans, obviously AJ Brimson came back in this week. He didn't get to play last week. So they're still working out their spine. Still a bit of a shoot-it-out game for them, realistically. But this is who the Titans are. This is who they're going to be. I think you're going to see them being a lot of games that are decided by, you know, two to six points in which both teams score more than three or four tries. That's just who the Titans are. And that's what happens when you have a young squad. And I'm all for it. As I said from the start of the season, I want them to embrace these young guys. It means they're going to concede points, but it also means they're never going to be afraid to score points and they're never going to be afraid to take a risk, which we've seen so far. So they are exciting to watch and I hope that they can keep stacking wins along the way like this. I thought Adam Fenua Blake, he was really strong as well for the New Zealand Warriors. He looked good. One guy I want to highlight, and I'm going to talk about this on bloke in a bar. Um, Aaron Penne, I've been very high on him all preseason. I think he's going to have a breakout season at the Warriors. I don't think enough people are talking about him already. Now, round one against the Dragons, he came on in the 26th minute. They were down 12-4. He came off in the 53rd minute, 
and they were down 16-14 at that point. So during that period of time when he was on, which was only about 29 minutes, they won that period 12-4. to Yeah, so they were up 10 points in that period. Uh, round two. Two, he comes on in the 27th minute. Uh, they were down 16-6 to at this point. So 27th minute against the Titans. He comes on. They're down 16-6. to They're not really traveling all that well, let's be honest here. Uh, he leaves the field in the 50th minute. Uh, they're up 18-16. So during that period when he was on the field, it was 12-0. So they're up 12-0, 12, 12 points in that period there, which is pretty damn impressive. Now, that was only a 23-minute period, by the way. In that 23 minutes, he ran for 110 metres and had two tackle breaks. Now, is it a direct science that Aaron Penne is the exact reason why they're doing this? No, it's not, but he has to play a role, especially with such a short sample size of minutes. Now, the Warriors have scored 34 points in 160 minutes of football so far. So that's two weeks, 160 minutes, they've scored 34 points. 24 of those points have come in the 50 minutes that Aaron Penne is on the field. So... Out of the 50 minutes he's on the field, 24 points they've scored. The other 110 minutes when he's not on the field, they've only scored 10 points. Now, pretty impressive in attack. In defense, the Warriors have conceded 48 points in 160 minutes so far. 48 points. In the 50 minutes that Penne was on the field, they've conceded a grand total of four points points. The attack is very impressive. There's only 10 points they've scored when Aaron, Aaron Penne hasn't been on the field. The defense is incredible. 44 points they've conceded when he hasn't been on the field to the four points they've conceded when he is on the field, and it's in 50 minutes. It's a third of those minutes anyway. So some incredible numbers there for Aaron Penne. Is it a direct science that all of this is because of Aaron Penne? No, it's not. There is obviously ebbs and flows in games and whatnot, but it does say something, and it does say something to what myself and Denon have been talking about at the start of the preseason, just how effective and how much impact this kid is going to have. So one to keep an eye on there. Cronulla Sharks, 18, over the Parramatta Eels, 16. Cronulla look very well coached early. Um, their plays look silky. They look smooth. They all know their role. A lot of times when Nico Hines passes blind and you just see Will Kennedy arrive there with perfect timing. They've got a lot of faith in each other. Even when they make the mistake, they're happy to take that risk on the next play because they've got faith in each other. This is the sign of a really good side. Defense, they've been sensational, no doubt about that. But their attack is coming together very nicely. The Paramount Eels, they're a very good defensive side. Take away what you saw last week against the, uh, against the Gold Coast Titans, and Paramount have been a good defensive side for a long time. To score your 18 points there, consider this as well, that Nico Hines didn't kick a single fucking goal until the very end, so they left another six points on the board there. Uh, very, very impressive game from the Cronulla Sharks. Love what Nico Hines is doing. Love what Will Kennedy's doing. Um, there was a chip and chase right on half time from Para, and you know th this is where good teams score right on half time. And credit to Parramatta, it was a great try. Uh, Mitch Moses looked up from dummy half, no markers, and fuck when there's no markers standing there, you can just set your clock to there will be a try in the next two or three plays in the NRL. This is how it works at the moment. If you can win that tackle, if you can get your markers out of the way, you are in some serious curry. We thought we saw Jackson Hastings take advantage of a few of those opportunities. Well, we'll talk about him a little bit later. Uh, but Parramatta, I mean, good try there. They scored another one through Reed Marnie as well. Moiser, though, he came up with a match winner here, and this is what I absolutely loved. I thought Moylan and Nico Hines are very good. I know that myself and Denon spoke last week about 
whether Moylan would hold that jersey or not or whether Trindle would come in and get it. I think Moyser will hold it for a few more weeks at least. I think his performance on the weekend was very good. Uh, he obviously set up the match-winning try there. Nico Hines kicked the goal, but Moyser set up the try and he had Hines out the back and I, I think the Matt Moylan from the last few years in that situation would have just gone out, out the back to Hines and just handed over that responsibility, let someone else do it. I love the confidence that he had to, to hit. I believe it was Ty Wilton into that hole there. They were going at Matty Tomoko all game. Uh, sorry, not Matty Tomoko. Um, they were going at Will Penasini, getting my young gun centers mixed up, going at Will Penasini all game. And I love the fact that Moyser backed himself there through that short ball and they got the job done. Great scenes with Nico Hines kicked the goal as well. Shark Park erupting. Couldn't believe how loud Shark Park was across that entire game. Obviously, it's their first game back there in a while. Uh, but Shark Park, I think it's got the potential to become a little bit of a fortress this year, especially with the way that they're playing. Um, they look really dangerous, Cronulla. I'm really high on them. Uh, just to show how well in sync the Sharks are, they had 10 players in their team who made line breaks. 10 out of 17 made line breaks, which is a pretty impressive knock considering... They only scored 18 points, yeah? Four tries or whatever it was. So a very good knock there. Uh, you know, talking of line breaks and how impressive that is, Dale Finucane, 65 minutes, 123 metres, 55 post contact, 43 tackles. 123 metres might not sound like a heap, uh, but they're 123 fucking metres. I don't want to deal with that shit. He is rolling his sleeves up and doing the hard yards, Dale Finucane. It'll be great to see Cam McInnes return and play bigger minutes. Uh, moving forward, great to see Cam return as well. He'll really be handy for Dale out there. North Queensland Cowboys, 26 over the Raiders, 6. Uh, Cowboys made the Raiders pay for a very poor start. Dumb footy costing the Raiders early. Very disappointing from Canberra. I tipped them in this game. I was very confident they get the job done. Cowboys up there, they just hang in there, yeah? Raiders, unfortunately, look more and more like the side that they were last year, which is incredibly disappointing. And to be honest with you, it's incredibly fucking frustrating because they are, they should be such a better side than what they are. It is really hard to watch. Canberra coming out of their own end were awful. They just could not get on the front foot at all. I'll be very interested to see when Brad Schneider returns to this side next week, the impact that he has. I, I, I think that they did miss him, to be honest with you. I think he's got a bit of spark that they need. But the bottom line is they need to get out of their own end. There was a couple of times where they got uh, pick-me-up penalties coming out of their end that really saved their ass from terrible sets. I'm sure it'll be something that Ricky Stewart will identify. They scored one try through CHN, uh, realistically. Wasn't a great try. It was pretty fucking average, to be honest with you. Cowboys had him all wrapped up. Just a bit of inexperience from young, young Nanai, who's going to be a star. Getting a bit lazy on that play, just sort of thinking the job's done instead of getting down on his knees and making sure of it. He'll be better for that. And look, I don't think Nanai will ever concede a try like that again. So the only way that the Canberra Raiders score was through that, which is a little bit of a worry. Uh, the Hudson Young Sid Minning was the nail in the coffin. Thought it was pretty fair. I thought it was a great kick by Chad Townsend. Uh, Hudson, it obviously rattled him. He knew how much of a good kick it was. Had that little moment where he he grabbed the man. So well done to Chad. He really earned that one for his team. Uh, the thing that I did love about the Cowboys' performance, and this will sound like I'm bagging him, but but I'm really not. I just want to point out something that Tao Malolo, uh, he ran for 160 metres, two tackle breaks, 70 post-contact metres. Now, still a good game. For most players, you would say 160 metres, 70 post-contact. I mean, I just gave uh, Dale Finucane a big rap for 123 metres and 55 post-contact. Tao Malolo went for more than that, 160 metres, 70 post-contact in less minutes. By Tao Malolo's standards, though, you sort of expect him to go for a little bit more. So by Tao Malolo's standards, I would argue he was kept quiet he wasn't as dominant as what he usually is. 
Uh, and the Cowboys still won, and they still won convincingly. So really good signs there. I'm not bagging Taumalolo. It's just, you know, the Canberra Raiders, I thought, did a pretty good job with him. It's probably the one thing they did well all night was keep Taumalolo at bay to some extent. Uh, but Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Cowboys were still good enough to win it without him being the absolute most destructive guy on the field by a country mile. So really, really good signs there. Let's move to the Sunday afternoon game games. Uh, Newcastle Knights over the Tigers, 26-4 at home. Um, I said before, Clifford, I think he's a top 10 player in rugby league right now on form. He is absolutely flying. For the Knights to do this without Kalen Ponga, Daniel Saifidi and Clemmer, obviously KP's a standout, but to be honest with you, you're doing it without your two best front rowers. That is massive. Clemmer was huge last week, and DSAF, if it wasn't for COVID, he would be a a kangaroo. Did he uh, did he play for the Kangaroos before? I don't think he did. I don't think he's represented yet. So, I mean, two international front rowers and your best player in Kalen Ponga to go up there and do what they did was incredible. Yes, it was a sunny afternoon in Newcastle. I understand that. But, God, they, they're just impressive. There's no denying that this team isn't impressive. Yeah, I was completely wrong with them at the start of the year. Completely wrong. Happy to wear that one. I thought they'd be a bottom four team. I mean... At the rate they're going at the moment, they're going to seriously start to push for the top eight. They were very, very impressive. Um, Jackson Hastings, call me biased, whatever you want, but, I mean, there was an argument that he was right up there with the best players on the field yesterday. For what he had to work with in his team, That he, he was incredible. Now, Jacko ran for 200 metres. Ran for 60 out of dummy half. He's a 5'8". 60 metres out of dummy half. Now, if you take his dummy half run metres from their 5'8", he beat the vast majority of their team for metres, which is an incredible knock. This is what I was talking about with, with, with Jacko. He has, there was a couple of moments there where little things happened in the game. You know, there was times where he made a mistake or he got hit late or anything, and I think people would assume Jacko would turn around and try and start a stink here. He's not that sort of guy anymore. He has matured a lot. I, I can't imagine for him the way that he played yesterday, how fucking frustrating that game must have been the way that he was playing, the way that his teammates just weren't going with him. He was playing so direct, and every time he went, there was no one with him. Absolute punish. He, he, he kept his cool. He led this team around well. I just, I, I can't give him enough praise, and I, I know there'll be people that don't. I, I still saw fucking absolute lemons on Twitter giving Jackson Hastings shit for his performance yesterday. You're absolutely kidding yourself. You're stuck in a, in a time warp from five years ago. Hopefully, they can start to put some wins together. He has got a potential suspension over his head. Not sure how that's going to go. If he is suspended next week, I don't know who the Tigers are playing, but uh, that could be an absolute shit fight there. The thing that worried me the most out of this one for the Tigers, deeper things on field that worried me, but when I got to the press conference after, it blew me away. And look, I'm going to give Ken Mamalo the benefit of the doubt. For me, I wouldn't have Ken Mamalo in my leadership group. I think he's a good player, but I wouldn't have him in my leadership group. I think he's ended up there. I don't think he looks overly comfortable in the role, to be completely honest with you. He's also a winger, so it's really tough to have impact leadership-wise in that spot. The media said to him after, and he was sitting with Magi, you know, 
you know, t- tell us about that game, tell us about the weekend. He said, oh, a lack of preparation. Now, I don't know if Ken was just looking for something to say in this moment and he was sort of a little bit nervous about being in one of the in one of these press conferences, but for him to say that the Tigers had lack of preparation. Now, keep in mind, it is round two. They had six months to prepare for their game last week. They then had another week to prepare for this, the same amount of time as every other team. And then you look on the other side of the board in Newcastle, what about their lack of preparation? They're coming in without their front rower. They're coming in with two half, a half and a five eight who people wouldn't have picked in first grade a year ago. They're coming in without KP, without Clemmer. I mean, their preparation's been all over the place. KP, Saifidi and Clemmer were all named in their 25. All three were ruled out. You could make a fair argument. A lot of these guys are in their best players, are in their top three to five best players. You can't give me we weren't prepared. And look, as I said, I want to give Ken Mamalo the benefit of the doubt because I think he got in there, he got a little bit starstruck, he got a little bit rattled and was just looking for a cliche to throw at them that he thought that they would leave. And I think you could see on Madge's face when he said a lack of preparation, Madge's just gone, are you fucking for real? Why would you say that in that moment, you know? And as I said, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt, but that was a big worry for me. For it to be round two and for you to not be prepared to play Newcastle and Newcastle without KP, without DSAF, without Clemmer, I mean, that is a serious fucking red flag, isn't it? That worries me. Gago, I've mentioned him a few times. One try, 160 metres. One line break, one line break, assist, one try, assist. 11 tackle breaks, one offload. If Gago did that in the first three weeks, by my standards of where I thought Newcastle were going to be out, I would have said that was a good achievement. He's done it in one game, and I, I don't know if this game was better than last week's game from him, to be honest with you. So, incredible start to the season from Dane Gago. Brisbane Broncos, 16 over the Canterbury Bulldogs, 10. These two teams just scream to me they'll be better in six weeks. They're two teams that I'm very keen to watch. Brisbane, they're now 2-2. Two and two, Canterbury, 1-1. One and one. Sorry, Brisbane, 2-0. and oh, Canterbury, 1-1. One and one. Uh, For Brisbane, I mean, I talk about him a lot. I'm always all over him. Katoni Staggs, I'm sorry. On form right now, there is one strike center in the Brisbane Broncos system. Turby Farmworth, he has been great to start this season. I thought he was one of their best players on the field. He made my team of the week this week. He was sensational, and as much as I love Katoni, you can't possibly push back that there is one strike center in this team at the moment, and it's Herbie Farmworth. If you could take Herbie's mindset and how he goes looking for the ball and put it into Stags, I mean, where, Brisbane would be winning games by so much. Stags got more ability, don't get me wrong, but Herbie's hungry. Herbie is hungry. He wants to be involved. He wants to go looking for the ball in Stags. He needs to get some of that into his game if Brisbane are going to uh, are going to be more successful moving forward. In saying that, Brisbane, I don't think they've played incredibly well in their first two games. They've done well, but I think they've got so much more potential in them. It's not even funny, and they're two and zero, which is fantastic to see. I will say this about Katoni. In attack, he was disappointing, but in D, he was sensational. He came up with some really good plays uh, that really mattered at the back end of this game. Uh, Jeremy Marshall King for Canterbury. Came out a few weeks ago, said he wanted to be a top five guy. As far as hookers go in rugby league, saw people absolutely pizzle him online, give him shit. This is what me, myself and Denon said at the start of the year when he came out and said this. Why wouldn't you want your hooker to be a top five hooker in rugby league? Why wouldn't you want your hooker to be the best hooker in rugby league? Is it maybe unrealistic? Maybe. But why the fuck wouldn't you possibly aim for that? Have some drive. Have some determination in what you're doing. And I love that Jeremy Marshall King came out and said that. We live in a world where people are more than happy to sit back 
and just bad guys for having aspirations when they're not out there trying to achieve themselves. It's a very, we've got a big finger pointing um, culture problem in rugby league. And this was a classic example. The kids come out and brained it the first two weeks. This is the best two two weeks of football I've seen Jeremy Marshall King play. He's more of a meat and potatoes hooker. That's what he's been known for for a long time. His running game at the moment is sensational. I think Reed Marnie's made a really good start to this year. He's going to be arriving at the Canterbury Bulldogs next year. But based on the first two weeks, I would say that JMK has potentially played better, to be honest with you. He looks really good, playing 60-odd minutes, played about 70 last week until he got injured. I love the look of him. He knows that Reid Marnie's coming in last year, which will be tough for him. Uh, it's going to be a, a big challenge to end up if he stays there or if he manages to, to get a contract elsewhere. But I think right now there would be a number of teams looking at Jeremy Marshall King and thinking he could be a guy to fill a void for us. He looks like right now that he could be the next guy to push from a 60-minute hooker into a real 80-minute role. Tavita Pango Jr., big game from him. Uh, came up with a lot of good plays. I will say this, though. I, I'm interested to see how it plays out over the next few weeks with TPJ because Trent Barrett used him in a very... So a peculiar, peculiar way. I, I don't know what, what you would use to describe it, but TPJ started the game in the middle. He subbed off in the 14th minute. He came back on in the 28th minute. So that means he played the first 14 minutes. He had the next 14 off. Then he came on for the last 12 minutes. Then he had a rest at halftime. Then he played the next 10 minutes. Then he came off for 17 minutes. Then he came on for the last 13 minutes. So it's essentially, you know, two to three interchanges you're using on Tavita Pangai Jr. Now, is this because he's not fit enough to get through the middle? I'm not sure if it is. I'm not sure if Trent Barrett isn't using this many subs just to make sure that before he gets too fired up and too angry, he takes him off the field for another spell. But I just don't think you can use this many subs on a guy like Tavita. And if you are, I think the next guy that I'm about to talk about, he has to play more minutes. Max King. He played 35 minutes last night. Three offloads, 25 tackles, 90 metres. As soon as he came off, they, they they fell off. I think they subbed him on for Paul Vaughan. I think I saw the Whisperer say it online too, and I completely agree. They looked completely different when Max King wasn't on the field. And they weren't just three offloads. Tavita, I will criticise sometimes because I think he offloads for the sake of stats. Max King, he comes up with effective offloads. He only offloads when he knows they're going to be effective and he knows that his team is going to get on the front foot. Came up with three really special ones. I mean, I just think that he has to play more minutes. I think he's a guy that could play 55 to 60. We have seen him in the past. He's got a huge engine. If you haven't seen enough of Max King, I can promise you he can play 55 to 60 minutes. That's the sort of guy he is. I just think that if you can play Max King for longer minutes, then you can fuck around with Tavita Pangai Jr. a little bit. Because what you're going to do, you're going to get Tavita used to this stop-start sort of footy. And then there's going to be moments in games, you're going to have injuries, you're going to have HIAs like we're seeing in rugby league. All of a sudden, you're going to have to need Tavita Pangai Jr. to play 60, 70 minutes. And that's where he's probably going to struggle. And when he struggles, that's when he becomes a huge defensive liability. I understand what Trent Barrett's doing. I just... I don't know if it's the best way to go about using Tavita Pango Jr., but he was great yesterday. If you're going to do it, I think you've got to leave Max King out there for longer minutes. 
Um, Herbie Farmworth, we mentioned him before. Just his stats, two tries, 262 metres, one line break, three tackle breaks. Shout out to Albert Kelly coming up with that last play to be there. He came from the left edge uh, on about the 40 metre line to clean up a kick uh, on his own try line in the right corner. So that's the sort of shit that you want to see from all of you guys. Great to see it from Albert Kelly. He has been accused of being lazy in the past. I think it's absolute bullshit. He's a real goer. He came up with some huge plays in that game. The chip over the top to Corey Oates. Scored his 100th try. Congratulations to Corey too. A fantastic achievement in rugby league there. Not many guys get to do that. So a sensational knock. But Albert Kelly, very impressive performance. I would have gone with Billy Walters at six. And as it stands right now, it looks like Kevin Walters made the right choice having Albert Kelly in the six jersey there next to Adam Reynolds. Guys, that's going to be the rapid review for round two. Stay tuned. We'll have more content coming with Denon over the next few days as we record Bloke in a Bar today with... I believe, a special guest joining the panel as well. So that'll be a good little insight to uh, a couple of systems and a couple of players that he's been involved with in the modern game. Stay tuned for more content over the next few days. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.